Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insights to help you to lead, manage and coach in football, sports and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to the Leader Manager Coach podcast. Welcome to the program. And uh, today I'm really pleased to uh, be able to bring you somebody who we're going to chat to. And um, this gentleman kindly agreed to give us um, a little bit of his time. Um, he's somebody who I, I met last year and um, was extremely, extremely impressed with um, the club um, where where he was, and certainly with with um, with, with the work that um, work, work that he's done. And I was really determined and keen to find out more about his work and his life, and um, some of the challenges he's faced, and some of the things that have you know have um, have inspired him. And the gentleman is Ed Willecki Black. And um, Ed's had a, had a career in Scotland that's um, been with a real number of clubs. And, um, you know, he's somebody that uh, I'm really looking forward to having a chat. So thanks for joining us, Ed, and um, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for the invite, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. That's brilliant. So, Ed, just um, for people who uh, who don't perhaps follow Scottish football so so closely, and maybe because we have got listeners around the world, um, and maybe haven't had the good fortune to, to go to Celtic and um, uh, and to other places in Scotland, just just perhaps if I can just ask you a little bit about your early life, kind of thing, where, what your hometown was, and, and kind of what you you know your early early life was like in football, um, in in terms of perhaps you, you know your introduction to the game, just as a as a, as a young man, a child, yeah. or and then you, you, you perhaps you, you know yeah. your playing career, what uh, you know, no matter where that one you want to go with that. No, not at all. I mean, I was born and bred in one of one of Scotland's. Scotland's always got uh, four large cities: Glasgow, Edinburgh, Dundee, and Aberdeen. Yeah. Well, I was born in Dundee, so uh-huh. uh, isn't obviously it's a. It was famous for the three J's, which Dundee, Duke, Jam, and Journalism. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, brilliant. So, I was born in Bedale, and uh, I was very fortunate that I grew up in a period of time when we had some, we had one of the best teams in Europe playing at the city, Dundee United. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I used to go along and watch them and I had a chance. Uh, as a kid, my dad was involved in football as well. He was a referee and he had run teams and stuff like that. So, um, involvement from as young as I can remember was always football. Ah. I played for the local school team, I played for the local boys' club. Um, ended up joining uh, United Boys in Dundee. Yeah. And uh, I played right through school days until secondary school. And uh, unfortunately, the change of circumstances in the family meant we moved to a different part of the world. And uh, with that, kind of stalled my football career. Right. Right. Um, at the end of secondary school, I turned back to Dundee and uh, I was involved in a local junior team, which up here is like semi-professional, almost yep. like non-league. Right. And I played with them and I was spotted by Breaking City. Yeah. Who took me on board for approximately eight or nine months. Uh, trained and played there. Um, I bet only in the reserves 
because the first team strikers will uh, a bit better than me, shall we say. <laughs> um, unfortunately for this club, the, the year that I was here, they got relegated from the second tier. Right. Uh, and uh, with that, that meant financial implications for everybody, and that obviously uh, fell back on me where I was not for the deal because of the situation in the club. Yeah. Fortunately, um, I went back to my junior commerce previous at St. Joseph's and uh, I was spotted by the scout from Montrose and he asked me along. Yeah. And uh, I grew up there on trial and I did. And as luck would have it, the irony is that I played a, a first game and a reserve game for Montrose and it was happy to be against the who had just left the previous week. Right, right. And uh, I played particularly well to the score, uh, a hard trick in a convincing win, and that earned me a, Brilliant. a, a deal. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, they left me with my junior club to the end of the season. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, the great thing was that, well, Brickens came down from the tier above. The Toes got promoted that year to the tier above, so we're back up in the second tier of Scottish football again. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. So you want to ask me, Sonia? Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I've got you, yeah, yeah. So um, I spent two years there at Montrose and I really enjoyed it. Um, playing at that level was obviously very tough, but very demanding. But I got myself in a really good position, fitness-wise, and that really helped me get through that first season. Yeah, 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 yeah. And during that first season, there was we're obviously in a league with twelve teams, and. Uh, eight of which were full-time and four were part-time. We were on the part-time ones. And I think the aim for the management team, it was Doug Ray and Chick McCormick and the managers joint. And they had uh, quite rightly set an ambition of finishing in the top two of the four part-time clubs. Yeah. Which would ultimately mean survival in that league. Yeah. Which would be great success. Uh, during that second year, there was a takeover uh, and... Uh, lost our jobs which I have to say was very difficult for me because I'd find myself as a as a starting player regularly for the manager yeah yeah uh, the new manager came in and uh, quite frankly we just didn't really see eye eye right and uh, I continued scoring goals in the reserves yeah on a weekly basis and uh, I found myself uh, before long out of the picture completely. Right. We, um, in between that time, I have to say, though, was that we were drawn away from home to Dundee United in the League Cup. And I was fortunate enough to score the first goal in the game. Right. Because when up to the hometown team, I'd go on there, so I was really pleased with that. Aye, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then later on that season, the new manager has come in. We do Celtic away in the cup, in the Scottish Cup. Right. And this time they had to sit on the bench and watch his team got uh, battered. Right. I was probably summed up in the fact that we lost 6 now. Right. And Jerry Craney scored three. And right. Tommy Coyne scored three. Right. And the headlines in the next day's paper summed it all up and said the Tom and Jerry show. <laughs> and it was, yeah? <laughs> so it was a Tom, Tom Coyne got three and Jerry Craney got three. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, that was a big disappointment for me, but um, 
obviously turned back home and ended up um, the start of the following season. I was involved in a transfer money plus a player coming the other way up to the Highland League. Right. To Devonville, who I was very impressed with and uh, spent uh, a couple of years up there. And I managed to obviously score 20 odd goals in my first season there. So that was quite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pleased with that. It's a ton. During that time, um, John Hall, ex United player John Hall, had taken over as manager up at Devonville in the League. Yeah. And he was then appointed the Montrose manager. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, irony again is that John decided to. Splash out to bring me back to Montrose. Right. And I went back for another couple of years. Yeah. And I played under John. And uh, again, we were just fighting for survival again. Yeah. The resources dictated that, I have to say, though. But that was fine. During the the final year of my deal, I ended up going back to non league football. Right. And playing junior again. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I came to Blue Club again. I stripped back to the Highland League, but this time we hunt me under the manager, John Gardner. Yeah. So I had three managers in the Highland League. John Gardner, who was the ex United goalkeeper. Yes. Joe Harper, the ex Scotland and Hibs Aberdeen. Yes. And the forward. Yes. And obviously John Holt, the United yeah. legend. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed my time at the League, I have to say. It was a competitive league. At that time, Ross County was in the game, the next county, the next council. Yeah. And the next county show. It was a very competitive league. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I, uh, I don't think people outside Scotland, uh, Ed, give credence to to the Highland League um, or the Lowland League. Uh, you know, I, I think it's um, yeah. overlooked massively in terms of the competitiveness. And it's really good to speak to somebody who actually, you know, I know it's... Uh, you know, it's not right now, but um, you've got experience that, and, and uh, you know, it's something that's uh, I've heard many times. That, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I was doing that spell at Huntley, uh, but um, uh, I ended my career. Uh, yeah. I'm in the age of 31, 32, and I've had got having into coaching with the genius who is Jim McLean. Anybody tell you up in Scotland? Be regarded as one of the greats, and he encouraged me. By this time, John Holt had gone back to Dundee United as a development coach. So he asked me to go in there and help. Did you have Eddie? Ed, did you have um, thoughts about coaching while you were playing, or no. was it no? Is it just when you came no. to the end of your no. career, really? No, it was just in my career. And John Holt had gone back to Dundee United as a development officer, asked me to go and help with community programs and everything and stuff like that. Yeah, and. Uh, Jim McLean had asked me to come on board as a coach and I ended up going and taking an under 15 for the United team. And then I got into the coaching and then Jim McLean advised me to go and get my badges done. So I did that. Yeah. The, Ed, the, there are so many that, people, you know, on the there's so many people, you know, who talk about Jim McLean. Um, it's amazing. It's yep. absolutely amazing. He's like, almost like the grandfather of, of all the great Scottish coaches and managers that have come out of the country, you know? Yep. I tell you, Rob, when I was on my, my pro license, we did we had guest speakers every month when we met. Yeah. And I think three of the first four, four speakers said the biggest influence on the career was Jim McLean. So the first one up was Mitchell Fatlining. The next yeah. one up was Walter Smith. Yeah. And then the third one up was Craig Brown. So Amazing. I mean, Amazing. that's high praise indeed. Yeah, and uh, I, I, was, I worked with Walter... Um, myself at Everton and you know he said I, I, right. I was going to say the same he 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 said exactly the same and um, yeah amazing mate amazing is uh, amazing yeah brilliant yeah I'll, I'll tell you a story about Jim and this sums him up he was just I would 
I want to leave the guy's side because when he came down to work, he'd watch every training session of every team and he'd stand at that sideline and I'd be like a shadow, glued to him. Yeah. Just to pick up his gems that he threw out. Yeah. Yeah. So there was one day we were at Grassy Park, which is the Astor's opposite Dun United's home ground. Yeah. Where they train the youth players and that. And the pitch was divided up into quarters. Yeah. And there was like seven side games going on each quarter. Yes. So, and I was taking one of those games, and so was, and obviously, the other coach was taking the other part, parts. Yeah. Now, the corner of my eye, you can see him coming through the fence. Yeah. So, I saw him coming down towards the watch. And I thought, oh, here we go, right. So, I'm go- to myself, I was saying, right, I'm going to show him I can coach here. So, I started shouting to the boys, come on, that's it, pass it, pass it. Yeah. Pass it, that's it, pass it. Don't yeah. pass it. Right, keep passing. Pass it, yes. Yeah. And then he sailed in and he shouted me and I found she didn't come in. And I says, Boss, he went, Come here. <laughs> I said, Right, so I walked over to him. Yeah. So he kept signing towards me and he kept shifting me. Yeah. And he walked right to the, the centre spot of the football pitch. Yeah. So I walked with him and stood beside him. And him and I stood together in the middle of that pitch. And he says, right, look around you. Now, there was obviously four games on going on. Tim right to my left, behind me, and yes. me. And uh, he says to me, what do you hear? I said, I hear the coach. He says, yes, you're right. He says, but what do you hear? Listen. So, sure enough, I um, listened. And these coach was shouting the same thing. Yeah. Pass, 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 pass. Because yeah. we were probably passing the <laughs> Yeah. And he says to me, which shows you how long ago this is, he says to me, I'm going to ask you a question. I said, what is that? He went, who's the best player in the world right now? So this shows you how long ago it is, and I says to him, Maradona. Yeah. He says, right. He says, what makes Maradona so special? I said, oh, if you take players out, you beat people, score goals, and right, he says, if you all keep shouting fast, 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 we might miss for Maradona. <laughs> Absolute brilliant, brilliant, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And um, love it. Great, I love talking to you ever since then. Yeah, but... I love stories like that because um, they, they, they. To anybody who is a coach, they, they tell you know, and the great lesson to tell a real story. Brilliant. Yeah, that's a great story. That's a great story, Ed. Yeah, brilliant. So you were yeah. with the under 15s there at, uh, at United. Yeah, Dundee United. Yeah, that's right. That's right. My captain was Mark Wilson. Who's went on to play for Celtic in Scotland and stuff like that? So, right, that's quite a week in there. Yeah, and um, so, so yeah. What, what, what kind of, um, what, what, what was your next kind of progression from there, Ed? Or, or you know, did you were you there for a while? Or uh, that was after you were the the fifteens, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And whilst I was at Brecon, I managed to get in place. Uh, uh, obviously, I managed to get some teams on board and got a youth setup started. And we started doing. We started actually quite particularly well. So. Uh, my team included people like to end up at Wimbledon yeah. on, on his full time deal down at Wimbledon. So, uh, Paul Harris, who made his first team debut for breaking the youngest of a player. So, yeah. I was really excited about that. Yeah. And uh, I was then headhunting on, I was away doing my badges again in Lads in Scotland. And yeah. I was headhunting for the full time to be head of youth at our both full time though. Yeah. So, um, again, I made the change and obviously when people don't know Scotland well Brecon, Arbroath, Montrose Forfa, they're all in the same kind of area yeah. so they're all in the same kind of council so uh, yeah. 
it was an easy move to make. I didn't have to up, up, up sticks, and yeah. move house and stuff yeah. like that. It was, it was easy to stay where it wasn't just uh, commute back yeah. and forward. So I went to our both and uh, interestingly enough, that was uh, the same place that I had to leave school to go to when I set about a, an upheaval in the family. You're right, yeah, yeah. It was that both actually I went. So um, when my football career stalled. Yes. Now here I was going to add growth and my football career was moving forward. Moving forward, thing. yeah, brilliant. So um, I took over the head uh, head, uh, head of youth at our growth and I brought you a number of players there. Gavin Swanky played Premier League. Uh, yeah. Andy Webster went on to play for Hearts in Scotland. Yeah. Was my captain. And several others who all played in the first team. So that's quite successful. Yeah, yeah. Enjoyed the success. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It From is, there, yeah. um, I went back to the junior league, which is non-league up here, right? And I became John Holt's assistant at Violet. So you could see John Holt playing a big part in my yeah, leader. yeah, yeah, yeah. During my time, so uh, he asked me to go as assistant of a junior team, and I did. And upon being the assistant at that junior team, I was offered the manager's job of Lock United Football Club, who are. Uh, a big non-league club up in Scotland. Yeah. And uh, I was very fortunate. I had a lot of good players there. And they managed to gain me to two league titles in three years. And all in the, the Scottish Junior Cup final. Wow. Brilliant. It was in 2005. Yeah. At that point, I was still searching for more. So I decided to try and find out how am I going to prove myself. Because I got myself up to the highest level of qualification at that time. Yeah. from my badges yes I became an A-licensed coach and I thought right what's next so I decided to enrol at university in Dundee and I went for a sports coach and development yeah degree and uh, I was the manager there at Lock United and they said was a good bit of success and I had two million pound players in my in my squad yes I mean Raymond McKinnon was signed by Norton Forest by the great Brian Clough Right. He was in my team. And Andy Dow was signed by, uh, I think it might be Ruth Hull or the yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. So the caliber of player that I had there was fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. And I keep seeing that throughout my years. I've had success. I've been very lucky as a guy. I've had success wherever I've gone. But it's always down to players. Well, you've had some, some real real people there who've had careers in the game. Uh, Ed, haven't you under your jurisdiction there, mate? Yeah. Okay, so I was at looking at and from Lock United, uh, because of the success again there, I was then offered the, the manager's job at Montrose. Yes. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So I went back there as the manager. And uh, I was a toilet, I have to say, at first because there were so many things wrong. But I managed to unite the town because the, the local boys club didn't speak to the junior team. The junior team didn't speak to the senior team. <laughs> right. The local didn't speak to anybody. So... Uh, my big problem was to try and unite all of them and I managed to do that well done yeah, so, yeah. sometimes that's a bigger success than what you got on the pitch absolutely mate Some part, sometimes yeah yeah that, people don't always see what the success is because they don't know what goes on behind the scenes yeah. do they they just see yeah. what happens uh, between 3 o'clock and half past 4 on a, on a Saturday they don't see the rest of it that's it yes so uh, that was obviously uh, I was really pleased with that from there um, and then a friend of mine played football, women's football. Yeah. And I went up to watch her play. 
and the national commander was there for the women's team who asked me if I'd be interested in um, coming on a trip to Sweden. Yeah. Now, it was a, it was a trip, basically, it was a fact-finding mission. That's what it was. Yeah. And it was geared up to show us how so-called women's teams were part-time abroad when they would be part-time. Right. We went across here and we visited, uh, we went from the top of Sweden to the bottom of Sweden, we were lucky enough to, there was a, there was a World Cup qualifying game played between Sweden and Iceland. We went on and watched that and saw Henrik Larsson and Bramovic play together, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, what I did discover is that these players were going there in the morning at 8 o'clock they were on their bike, bike running to a place of what 8 o'clock in the morning. They would then start their work at night and try to swim at 11 o'clock. Kind of half past ten. Right. Wow. At eleven o'clock, they would get back on their bikes and make their way to the football club they were associated with, wow. and then they trained from there till twelve thirty, and then they have lunch, and then after lunch they would go back to work and finish again at five o'clock and maybe train at night. It's amazing commitment, sir. Huh? Well, it gave me a massive insight that we had this opinion, or there was this opinion going around it. When the Scottish teams do, teams from Scandinavian countries, but then you have a qualifier for that. And my mum got beat. I remember Aberdeen losing to a team like that. Yeah. And one of the headlines was Aberdeen beaten by Butcher, Baker, Candlestick Makers. Now, <laughs> right? so realistically, this so called amateur team yeah. was training in more than Aberdeen was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, was, it gave me a great insight in the women's football and in how things were going in Scandinavia. So uh, from there, um, I was contacted by Glasgow City, who was one of the top players at the time, and they asked me to go to them and, and become the first full-time salary coach from the country for a women's team. Yeah. So I did. And uh, again, I had a lot of good success. I managed to win nine titles in a row. Wow. Well, I won four as a joint manager, and then he left, and I won the next four with um, one people that I brought in. Yeah. And on number nine, I left the team six points clear at the top, so we're on the verge of nine row. Wow. So I left. Yeah. At that point, uh, I was asked by uh, the owner of a French Academy team right. who were based in Scotland, from Paris, take over them. So I did. I met him in Paris. Because during that time, I took last year's team to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Wow. And we drew PSG in Paris. Yeah. So we played them at PSG's ground. Brilliant. Uh, I met him there and I agreed to go and join him. Yeah. So I meant taking a few trips over to Paris because I was in the base there, I was all based in Scotland. But I had to go over to Paris and do recruitment and recruit a player from training sessions and that and trial period. Right. Um, so again, I was really happy and that was based in the Lowland League. Right. So I took over them and uh, it was a league to get promoted in the Lowland League. So, um, I was there and we went through the season and we had a fantastic season with strength based players. We had hand picked at Charles. Yeah. And uh, at the point that um, I got contacted by the chief executive of Airdrie Football Club. Right. He'd like to speak to me during the end, almost near the end of that first year. And at that point, I was quite excited because any sport was sitting top three. Yes. And we were probably on course to get promoted to yeah. the loan. We're selling to the players for the whole loan. So, um, meeting the new owner of Airdrie Football Club and the chief executive uh, gave me a, 
I was really happy that I thought, wow, this could be a really good place to work. Yeah, yeah. And it was, I was really well supported and uh, I took on the role of Dustin. Yeah. And the guy said, the owner said to me, get us into the playoffs. I don't want top four. Yeah. Guaranteed playoffs. Right. Because that brings with it TV and that's obviously financial income for the club. So, um, the manager left to go and take over uh, I think it was Forfa. Right. Midway through that season, I was immediately promoted from the director of football to the manager. Right. With that uh, aim, just top four. Yeah. So, uh, I finally got the score the game. We're doing quite well. I managed to recruit quite a number of players from Scottish, long, Scottish leagues. Yes. More leagues to help us. Unfortunately, March the 5th, 2016, I was on the pitch line at Cowden Beast. Yeah. And I, and I lose one match. And at halftime, we were 1 0 up. Uh, I forget, it was a great goal scored by a guy called Jordan Thompson. Right. He's a non national player for Man United and the Rangers. Right. He scored a wonderful goal to put us 1 0 up. So, about three or four months before half time, Rob, I turned to my coaching staff and said, Right, guys, I'm going to go and sit the toilet. And I usually did that five minutes before half time just to get my, my thoughts together on what I'm going to speak to the team yeah, about yeah. in half. So um, I went to the toilet lock and did the business and I went to turn the tap on and wash my hands and lo and behold, I couldn't move my hand. Right. I quickly shouted on the physio who ran in and she said, you made me do a test. I don't know if you saw that. You probably saw the advert fast, it's called. Yeah. So it's uh, have a look at your face, have a look at your arms. Yeah, um, speech. Yeah. And then obviously the last part is timing. Yeah. She yeah. immediately called the club doctor, which I'm so lucky. When you play professional football, a club doctor should be on site. And he yeah. came and he immediately phoned the ambulance and told them all my symptoms and stuff like that and put it down as a potential stroke. Yeah. Uh, so the ambulance came and they were they had heart rate monitors and everything on me as soon as the ambulance arrived so no doubt that first I will save my life which is vital absolutely my wife was actually at the game and uh, she was six months pregnant with her first kid wow so she came in the ambulance to the hospital went to Edinburgh and I'll never forget they pulled the curtains around my bed and my wife asked the consultant How's it going to be? And I never knew that I was enlisted, but the consultant said, listen, the, he said, I have massive, massive brain hemorrhage. Right. And uh, if he gets through the next 40 hours, he won't walk or talk again. Wow. Wow. Now, for a woman who's six months pregnant at the time, that's, that's quite an ordeal. <laughs> wow. And, uh, I remember sitting in the room and saying, well, I've got two options here. Either lie back and take this and die, or I get up and fight. Yeah. And I chose to fight. Wow. So, with the help of a lot of very good people, they got me back on the feet again, and the speech, I was lucky that the speech was kept intact, so... Um, yeah. And I've continued uh, to this day, continued to get there. And do you mind me asking you a couple of questions about your... No, yeah, on you go, yeah, on you go. Um, uh, Ed, as well as uh, 
as well as a, a, a coach, um, I am actually a qualified physio as well, and, and I have treated like, stroke patients, so I've got a little bit of insight. And um, what you talk to me about head injuries and and that, you know, from, uh, I suppose from the other side of the fence, I understand it. And um, let, let's make no bones about it to anybody like, who's lis- listening to this that um, you know it's not like having a broken leg, Ed, is it? Where after a certain amount of time everything will be back to normal it's not the same thing Ed, is it yeah. it's a different it's a totally different concept isn't it and um you know neurological rehabilitation yeah, well, you, Rob, just yesterday my consultant from the hospital was injecting me with botox right to loosen off muscles to learn to yeah. walk better and move my arm hopefully so i'm still kind of taking to me and getting treatment and you're, you're three or four years down the road Ed, yeah no yeah four years now what i won't say is that the irony again is, Rob, that that day that game finished at Crown Beef. Yeah. Crown Beef won Airdrie 3. And yeah. that put us fourth in the table. Wow. And I never returned to work again. No. At Airdrie. No. I got a phone call from Alan Burroughs, who's the chief executive of Motherwell, who's in great family. He asked me if I'd come with a woman and take over and help them because they were trying to uh, invest in the women's department and try and so I did. Yeah. Uh, season was enough to win the title. Yeah. And take him to the Scottish Cup final. So. Wow. During the end of that first season, again, Motherwell, after that, winning that league title and going to the Scottish Cup final, was uh, Celtic uh, gave Motherwell enough to speak to me. So I did, and I went to Celtic. Yeah. And I spent, obviously, a year and a half there. And uh, last season, I managed to guide the team to the most successful league season in year. Right, brilliant. And we finished joint runners up so um, I was really happy with that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of good luck there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then this season, Motherwell asked me back again but this time it was to head up a new project which to put in place a room to apartment. Sometimes I'm happier so that's what I've been doing this season so far. So you're back at Motherwell this season, Ed, yeah, is that right? Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, just the line dropped a little bit there. What just what's your role at Motherwell currently, Ed? I'm basically the head of women's football ah, okay. academy. Right, brilliant, brilliant. And it's obviously it's a it's to put in place a women's department. Right. Within the club structure. Yeah. Well, you must be the most qualified uh, coach for women's football in the whole of Scotland, uh, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. I should imagine. Well, Ed. well, I managed to finish my pro license during that time as well. Wow. So I've got I've gained that, and obviously again I graduated with honours in the sports coaching development degree. Brilliant. So you you might be right. I'm not sure. No. I think more than that is sometimes you return the trophies. I think I've won something like fourteen or fifteen league titles with different clubs. Unbelievable. Absolutely. You know, you know what the reason that yeah, listen, yeah, you're 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 probably say the same thing that uh, when when you. When you look back at your career, it's not necessarily the trophies, it's the people and it's the memories and stuff like that. But, you know, yep. um, Absolutely. nobody would know because um, you didn't mention it and nobody's going to know, you know, Ed, how many trophies has he won? You know, nobody will know that. But actually, you know, it's what a, what a great CV. And um, Well, I think I, I could probably count it a little bit. Um, I won three wheel Lock United yeah. when I was there. Yeah. I won nine wheel Lock City. Right. That's 12. I won. I was also when I was doing the honours degree. Also ran the the Alberti University's uh, women's football team. Right. 
at the same time. And I won the Scottish title with them. The first time they'd ever won it, and they've never won it since either. Brilliant. So, I mean, that's probably that, one of my biggest achievements. I was going to say, national title. that might be the, the, the ultimate one, Ed, really, because um, they've never done it before. And they've never done it since, so maybe that's the one that says yeah, it all, mate. I think my house is bigger than probably Aberdeen, I think. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean um, I'm just put, I'm putting it on like the, the scale of how small a university it is. Yeah. But to win a Scottish title, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. And we also went to the semi finals of the Box Cup. So, actually, the British University, we went to the semi finals and lost, and lost a lot of one of the. Great wow. names of university football. Well, yeah, yeah. And the size, the difference in size and financial clout of those two universities um, probably says it all as well, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And it told on the pitch as well, I have to say. Yeah. But, so there you go. I had Nine at City, three at Lockheed, that's 12. Aberty, 13. I uh, had a spell four for West End helping them for the year. One title there as well, 14. And Motherwell won the title here, so that's 15, yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely. What a great CV. But as I said, I can't stand back and take the credit, all the credit for all this. No, no. Because I've been blessed with working with wonderful people and wonderful footballers. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's what makes you win time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all, all coaches say the same. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, your humility shines through it. And I can just tell by the charm that I listen to at Celtic. What, um, you know, can I, Ed, if you don't mind, just wanted to go back to to your your stroke and so you know what was the darkest time this is because you know people are always interested in good stories but people also need for me to know that actually people don't have a, a what can I say a silver spoon given to them and everything falls into place what was the biggest challenge in the darkest time after your after your your brain injury well, Ed I'll tell you what it was is that everybody in life right now on this earth we all love we're independent yeah. And my physical independence goes above any other. Yeah. The ability to get up in the morning, if you want to go for a swim, you go for a swim or a cycle or a run or whatever, mm. play tennis mm. or golf. Now, I was kind of like that. If, if all of them was on, I wanted to be Andy Murray. If the golf was on, I wanted to be Sandy Lyle. Yeah. So I was like that with common dummy. Yeah. So I was out of that whole time. I was supposed to my physical independence taken away from me. Yeah. That's a tough, tough place to be after this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the lowest point, definitely. And, and when I couldn't do things I could do before. Yeah, yeah. And that's the, you know, the, I imagine, Ed, that that's, um, you know, I do know that people who have suffered strokes, so there's a quite a high, a high uh, percentage of people who suffer a consequence or a, a, a degree of depression with that because they can't overcome that, that, that to the degree that they, they, they thought they could and, and stuff like that. But you've, you know, no matter what you've been through, it sounds like you've um, got a fortitude that's seen you through that because obviously you're back to work and, and you know, you, you, you've achieved and, yeah. and you, you know, it's an inspiring, it's inspirational, Ed. it really is from this side of the fence. Thank you very much. Um, but no, you are an inspiration and that, that was kind of the, you know, the key reason that I thought, you know, I've got to find out yeah. what, What's behind? Um, well, if anybody's listening into that, Rob, I hope they could take someone's food and tell them, do you know what? If they you can't, then you can't. Yeah. Because it's amazing how many times people say something's impossible until it gets done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's, well, so what, just, what's your, 
what's your kind of plan at the minute, Ed? Is it to um, establish, uh, get uh, Motherwell established in terms of its uh, infrastructure for the women? Is that what, where you're at at the minute? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I want to see them play. I want to see them have a full-time football team, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. 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 And, and not uh, people in the whole land that they're up with young girls in this area. Yeah, same yeah. opportunities boys get. Yeah, yeah. Whereby if they want to be seen a career as a footballer long-term, then they're able to supply that. So, and I think we've gone quite a fair bit down the road to kind of achieving that. So yeah, I'm very happy with the progress we've made so far. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, it, you know, Ed, from this point of view, it's great to hear that somebody's um, taken you on because, uh, you know, you've been at Celtic and yeah. obviously, you know, they're one of the, the biggest two clubs, obviously, in the in the UK, never mind Scotland. And, um, you know, now yeah. another club have got you to, to, to utilise all that. So it's yeah. great great to hear, mate. And, um, no, that's fantastic. Well, I hope, I do hope that everybody can who listens to this can actually take the lessons out of it, Ed, because, um, you know, the, there's so many lessons just in, in your story, mate. So, uh, you know, I, I appreciate your time and I know you've probably got stuff to do, but thanks ever so much for coming on, Ed. Um, the line, You're welcome, Rob. Thank you very much. The line hasn't take been care, great. God bless. Um, but, um, Ed, I, I can't thank you enough, mate. And, um, you know, all the best, mate. And, um, you know, best of luck with everything. But can't thank you enough for your time, Eddie. So thanks very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Rob. Take, take care, care Bye-bye. 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 So there we go. There is the fantastic interview with Ed Walecki Black. Ed, I can't thank you enough for that, for your time. And I apologise to yourself and the listeners just for the quality of the line we are. We were having a conversation from the depths of Asia, from the depths of the capital city of Bangladesh, Dhaka, via Skype to Scotland. So, um, you know, apologize for that. But look, let's just try and look past the quality of the line sometimes and get those messages that Ed gave us in his story. Here is a guy, humble as humble as humble. Number one, humility, you know, and humility is a key component of getting anywhere in life. Number two. Here's a guy who demonstrates that getting your education, not only a formal education, somebody who's got, you know, the, the highest coaching qualifications, managerial qualifications in the pro license, but somebody who was prepared to stand by the side of his mentor, literally physically by the side of his mentor and ask questions and listen to what the guy was saying to find out what he was thinking so he could enable his own learning and his own journey. Here is somebody who has traversed many, many vistas of the industry, the professional game, the semi-professional game, the non-league game, the youth aspect, the development aspect, the senior aspect, the assistant manager's role, the head coach's role, the technical director's role the men's game, the women's game. Here is somebody who is absolutely worth listening to. And that was the reason that I got him on the podcast. So make no bones about it. This guy has got lessons to, to teach us and they're loud and clear. And we haven't come to the, to the one, the main one. And it is only my opinion that it's the main one. Here is a guy who in 2016, less than four years ago, as we record this, suffered a, a massive brain injury 
while he was working in the game that he loves. And he's humble enough to, in the first few seconds after talking about this, mentioning this significant fact, he didn't mention it first of all, he mentioned it a little bit down the road in his, in his chat, but that's the kind of guy he is. And he says that it, his first thing he says about it is um, that if it wasn't for the people who were around him, his physiotherapist and the club doctor, he probably wouldn't be here now. And here's a guy who I had to probe and ask a few questions to get out of him what it was like to overcome probably the biggest challenge that he's ever been faced with. Because if you have your physical ability taken away that a significant stroke or a significant brain injury or neurological insult can bring, then you have a challenge. And Ed has not only overcome that in his personal life, you can tell when you talk to him where he's at, but he's overcome it professionally. He's not only is he back working, he's back working at the top level. And uh, it is just inspirational. So Ed, thank you very much. Listeners, I hope you can get something out of that. And um, as I said before, Ed, I can't thank you enough. So that's the Leader Manager Coach podcast this week. It's inspirational. It's all the way from Scotland to Bangladesh. And uh, it's Eddie Walecki Black. So take the bones out of it. And as I always say, enjoy and profit. All right. Great to have you along. Catch you later. Bye-bye.